Welcome to another episode of Crypto Riot. For those of you that haven't attended a local meetup group about cryptocurrencies, you guys have no idea what you're missing out on. Last week, I went to two different meetups. Uh, one was on meetup.com, the other one was done through a Facebook group. And both uh, events had around 150 people. Uh, one of them I was lucky enough to meet, uh, Gemma Green, who's the CEO of Power Ledger. She gave an excellent presentation and really just reinforced all the beliefs that I already had in that project. I also ran into the AirSwap team, which is very similar to ZeroX and very similar to EtherDelta in that they're providing a completely decentralized exchange. And decentralized exchanges are going to become much more relevant in the future, especially if government regulations become more and more strict. So obviously when we're talking about crypto, there's just so much stuff happening at the same time. It's very difficult to be able to forecast the market. But I think one thing that everybody agrees on is that if we could create a decentralized exchange that didn't have to rely on a central point of failure, um, theoretically the fees should be lower. Um, it will be much harder to shut down or regulate by any government because you won't be able to just go and sue Binance. You won't be able to go and sue uh, Bittrex. You know, anybody that has the code will be able to run it and they'll be able to trade. Um, if you're looking to exchange exotic pairs, like let's say instead of waiting for Binance to list your coin, um, you know, a lot of coins come available on ETH Delta because you don't need permission. You don't need Binance to list your coins because it's a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace. You just need somebody that's wanting to sell something and you need somebody that wants to buy something. So for these reasons, decentralized exchanges offer fantastic promise for the future. And they also offer a excellent potential solution to future regulations. So I was lucky enough to talk to Don. He agreed to answer the most difficult questions that I could come up with uh, regarding decentralized exchanges. And here's uh, part of that interview that I shot last week. I'm here with Don Maceus from Airswap. He is the technical guru and co-founder. And he has agreed to answer all of the most difficult questions that I could come up with about Airswap. How are you doing today, Don? Great, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Oh, really good, mate. I uh, admire your braveness to come on these shows and open uh, any of the, or answer any of the questions openly. Thank you, of course. So uh, for those of you that don't know what Airswap is, can you just give us a basic rundown of Sure. Um, at the end of the day, AirSwap is a decentralized exchange, um, and our design is oriented around peer-to-peer -peer first. Um, at, the, at the broader scale, um, blockchain itself is actually replacing certain foundations of, of finance, um, and we are actually trying to produce um, a platform on which marketplaces can be built through peer-to-peer -peer trade. And when you're saying peer-to-peer -peer trading, you're talking about a platform that's similar to EtherDelta, or how is your platform different from EtherDelta? Um, so I, I believe EtherDelta is essentially an on-chain order book, mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's uh, it's a little bit different than ours. So so ours actually works in a way where the core interaction is between two two peers, so two people who are looking to trade, mm -hmm. um, and that actually happens away from us. So that happens on an Ethereum smart contract to, to fill an order that's between two people. Um, but we come in in discovery. Well, I mean to say that the actual system is different. So we don't, we don't um, AirSwap is not an order book. So you're not, you're not actually posting buy and sell orders on AirSwap. What you're doing on AirSwap is announcing what we call your intent to trade, which is basically advertising the fact that you're looking to trade in certain tokens. 
so that people can connect directly to you. So you're like the Craigslist for... Uh... In some ways, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so why would somebody use that? I mean, wouldn't there be a lot more risk if you're going to negotiate a contract between two things, if you have to go and privately negotiate rather than just taking it off an order book? Um, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily more risk in that. Um, in fact, there's, of course, a lot of flexibility in that. Um, but the, the risks actually, at least we believe, are in, in order books themselves. Um, just due, due to front running uh, specifically, um, that is inescapable, uh, we believe, on a, on a blockchain-based order book. Oh, so you're saying if we get a lot more volume on the exchanges, and then if nobody can see the buy and sell orders, then the markets are going to be a lot harder to manipulate? Um, that's actually correct because uh, even, even for example, in this, in this case of front running, uh, in a peer-to-peer -peer trading environment, there's, there's nothing to front run, right? Yeah, because um, you don't know. Exactly. Everything's dark. And so, but even then, between, between two peers, um, of course, an issue, like you, you said, is, is pricing. So you want to know, um, you know, how do I price this trade that you want, and how do I know that a price you're giving me is good? Mm -hmm. And so we actually have a system where we can invite uh, price oracles. To, to bring market data into the into the environment so people can say, all right, I just got an order from this guy. The price looks good, so I'll take it. And when um, you're saying price oracles, you're just meaning guys on YouTube that make videos and say like I think the coin's gonna go here? Absolutely. But on a on a like a like an API basis. Okay. So you gotta sit on YouTube live taking requests for orders. <laughs> Fair enough. Providing prices, exactly. <laughs> Any source of data, really. Um, it, it comes down to like making a decision of whether you want to take a trade. Okay. Right. So it's um, like what 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 goes into that decision. Maybe it's just price. Um, but you know that's that's an important part of the system because it's it's strictly peer to peer. And is that going to be cheaper than using a centralized system like Binance, for example, that has like maybe 0.1% in fees for trading? Yeah, absolutely. There's, so there aren't any fees on, on our platform. I mean, you're, you're basically executing a smart contract on, on Ethereum. So you're just paying the, uh, the transaction, like the gas cost for that. Uh, but we don't, we don't charge any fees on those. So then what makes the token actually worth money? Like what makes the AirSwap token then valuable? So the token itself um, it basically gives its holder the, the power to announce their intent to trade. And so so I, I need to have a I need to have this before I can go in and trade. So for example, I tried not to, quite. Okay. So you 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 hold the token to announce your intent to trade, which which basically adds you to our index, mm -hmm. so that anybody else can come in, run a search, and find you and make a trade. So the whole world can come in, the public can come in and find counterparties and make trades. Yeah. But if you're going to be proactive yeah. and actually announce that you're trading specific tokens. Uh, then you need to hold the token itself. So maybe a little bit like eBay, where you can post your listing and you can pay to post a listing. Anybody can buy the product and there's sort of a fee associated. That's where the fee would be associated when you're actually posting that you want to trade? Yeah, I think that's about right. Since you guys have an ERC-20 token, the only thing that we can trade if we're on the platform is other ERC-20 tokens. Is that correct? Yeah, so Ethereum is, is kind of where the, where the heat is. Yep. Um, amazing community developer uh, tools and, and infrastructure. Everything's really being built here. Um, and, and the standards of ERC-20, for example, tokens that are being spun up on Ethereum are complying with, with this standard. Uh, and so that makes um, an exchange like ours, the actual exchange contract that's, that's running these swaps is really not a whole lot of code because of these standards compliant tokens. Um, and so that's a great place for us to start because then we can focus on higher order uh, platform services. Okay, so if, if we're looking in the future and then for example, we're looking at these other platforms like maybe EOS or Cardano that are coming up. Um, if we see a big migration of users from uh, Ethereum over to that platform, 
that is then obviously going to have a negative effect on Air, AirSwap's ability to, to operate? So um, with our design in particular, we don't actually, it, it ultimately is blockchain agnostic. Um, okay. Insofar as uh, the blockchain itself will support smart contracts so that we can actually develop this exchange mechanism is really the only uh, is really the only requirement I think. So one day in the future it might be possible to trade Bitcoin on this if you had like the Lightning Network or you had another payment channel that was set up that could connect to it? Well so the way that I think that it works there is that uh, as, as the tech kind of builds up um, for this cross-chain work mm -hmm. uh, we, we certainly uh, deploy our services across chains as that happens. So you have an API that people can write into and then you can basically aggregate all that data together? Well, yeah. I mean, so so ultimately, um, so we we kind of we kind of uh, work and build within this this space and this layer, mm -hmm. um, and it's a little bit it's a little bit higher in the sort of application layer in this in this ecosystem. And so, as the tech develops and evolves, we can still apply the same protocol uh, to multiple chains or different chains. So, yeah. Can you just explain to everybody what MetaMask is, because that's an essential part, right? To use your tool, you have to have MetaMask installed on your browser. So at least for uh, for the beta that we have up now, it's a it's a web application, and uh, and in order for this web app to actually communicate with the with the Ethereum network, um, it does need a uh, well. So that so what 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 the actual um, library that's injected into into the web app is called Web three, and so this gives a web application the ability to interface with the Ethereum network, and MetaMask itself uh, provides that connectivity. And also gives you the ability to manage your um, your address, your accounts. Now, why so um, that that stays away from us? When I'm using Steemit, why, which is another decentralized app, why does Steemit not require me to, to run MetaMask? And then why would your application require me to run MetaMask? Um, well, so what is what is the core uh, sort of function? I mean, what on on Steemit when you're using Steemit, what are you actually doing? Well, if you're a comment creator, right, you're generating revenue by generating content. So you're maybe like the equivalent of a miner, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in your uh, application, you'd be going to browse to look at making purchases. And then if mm -hmm. you didn't have any Ether in your account, you wouldn't be posting anything. If you wanted to post something, you'd have to have some Ethereum in your... So the requirements on our end is so that you can, um, so that you can manage a wallet and sign data. And so in signing that data, you're verifying that it's actually you who's executing these transactions. Um, on Steemit, for example, there may be some other mechanism at play. I'm not super familiar with it, unfortunately. Oh, fair enough. Last one. So what happens if you're developing this platform and we have another CryptoKitties come out that basically throttles the network and increases the gas prices? How is your business model going to survive if, if Ethereum has problems scaling over the next six months or a year? Well, um, I mean, I think I think these things uh, can be unpredictable, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, so, CryptoKitties itself is just like this phenomenon, um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, had you know a negative impact on the on the performance of the network. Uh, figure that these things happen, okay. right? But um, over time, this this the the, the tech evolves. Um, you know, the the transaction throughput just goes to zero. Like these are these are problems that are that are, go that are going to be solved. 
Um, and of course, the performance of a network that we depend on will impact our ability, or rather our users' ability to, to make trades. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's really the best we can do. But so, so you have uh, a very bullish outlook then on Ethereum. If you're basing your whole platform on it, you're, um, you're pretty confident that the Ethereum platform's going to work. I mean, we like Ethereum a lot, of course. Uh, again, you know, the, the community and the, and the, the tooling and, the, and everything is fantastic. Um, but uh, for, our, for our protocol in particular, it's, it's actually uh, blockchain agnostic. Very cool. And uh, just to summarize everything that you've talked about today, uh, for uh, people that may be interested in getting involved in S uh, in Airswap, what would uh, what would you say to them? So for people interested in getting involved, yeah. In so for the people that are getting that are interested, um, you've got lots of new investors now. You know, are you looking for novice users to go and trade on your system? Is this for intermediate, advanced? You know, who who's going to be using this system? Sure. When you get so beta? so if you go on to um, so right now we have a, a beta mm -hmm. at uh, trade.airswap.io, so you can jump on there and, and actually make trades. Um, and that's a very uh, it's, you know we try to keep it light and, and simple and, and accessible. Um, because we think ultimately that, uh, that the user interfaces on these are going to be for a whole spectrum of, of, uh, of traders. And, uh, and so I think ultimately from like a product design standpoint, we want to keep it simple, but also be able to sort of reveal layers of complexity as people seek them. Um, and so that's really just kind, of a, just kind of a way that we approach the design. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we want to make this, uh, this new marketplace as accessible and inclusive to everyone. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting 2018. Well, I appreciate Definitely. you uh, taking your time out of your busy day to come and talk to yeah, everybody on course. YouTube. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, much. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Cheers.